election day is several days away and we here at true hoop are big into democracy and our show is part of the pro-democracy podcast coalition with those midterms coming it is more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections we all know that our government is broken and we've had enough of the corruption gridlock and partisanship but if we work together we can fix things We've partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization to give you the tools you need to get involved. Now, until Election Day, there are opportunities to join a campaign, to make your elections fairer, and even you can sign up to be a poll worker. Visit represent.us pod to learn more. That's represent.us pod. Hello, it is Bring It In with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? There is no more teams that have that are winless. I'm happy. Uh, did you see the Lakers celebration with Darvin? Uh, you know, I, I I did see that. And, you know, this is the thing where you go, it matters, right? Like, no matter what, like the money, the this, the that, whatever. At the end of the day, these are competitive dudes. Like, as terrible decisions as they make, maybe as shadow GMs and all, <laughs> all the things. They want to win at the end of the day. They don't want to show up and lose day after day. That's not, that's not fun for anybody. So... No doubt they would definitely exhale. Shout out to Darvin Ham for getting his first win. <laughs> you know, feeling he real good. Him. Yeah, he <laughs> soaked, soaked him with water. <laughs> I, LeBron gave him a, I thought, a very genuine hug. The team was <laughs> celebrating. Uh, if I was Rob Palenka, I would capture that video and I would send a message to every player individually saying, we don't play with this joy. Mm. And if you want to celebrate like this more, mm-hmm. we need to bring that kind of effervescence mm-hmm. uh the fact is they finally shot well mm-hmm. what a surprise they beat three <laughs> and two for sure right. even if they just shot a little worse than average but i uh, know they were they're one and five so they'd be probably four and two or three and three which is right there in the west mm-hmm. uh when you consider with the warriors and the mavs and all these mm-hmm. you know phoenix looks pretty damn good mm-hmm. um you got to play with more joy than what they're playing with and uh but let this be a lesson that um, you know, it's not that they beat the world's best team, but still, a, a win's a win. Oh, and, and Dem- um, Denver's a good team, you know. So yeah, Denver's a good team, and they were pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I think that uh, I just I, I'm one of the few people that aren't already uh, kicking dirt on their grave. I, <laughs> I, I I I don't think we can bury them just yet. Now, AD has got all game long. He grimaced mm-hmm. and he grabbed his lower back, and you know, I think he's heavy. So I think as oh, much as anything, he's too much just, weight he's carrying. I mm. do. I think he's carrying too much weight, maybe a little too much fat. Mm. Um, he's just big guy, so it's hard to tell now. <clears throat> they didn't used to be, but yeah, I think that's the big. But he played thirty-seven minutes, and he was fucking amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah. So some other guys made some threes, and and they, it, I mean, they're an elite defensive team. Yeah, they're flying all yeah. over the place. They're they very good defensively. Yeah, I'm not burying them just yet. That's for and sure. so you know, we the the old adage is always you know this is a make or miss league, right? Like. And we, you said that last year with Tatum. Yep. Everybody was crying like, oh, my God, break them up. And you're like, I'm watching the film. Shots look fine. He's just missing them. Well, yep. second half of the year, he made them, right? And the Celtics were world beaters. So and so was he. Yeah, he was right. all NBA first team. So yeah. if, you know, the Lakers start – and, again, it's not even like they're the world's best shooters, but they shoot to their career averages, right? They're, they're fine. Well, and I've been saying uh, their second unit doesn't score. As bad as they've been shooting overall, it's their second unit really doesn't score – Russell coming off the bench has helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Bryant's probably back in three weeks or so, and he's a bucket. Dennis Schroeder can score mm-hmm. and looked actually very healthy, looked great in Europe. More basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just going to, yeah, in basket. That's just going to give them more firepower. If, ever, if they can, all those guys can scramble up defensively and, j- and jump into the, the system the way everyone else is, 
the West is a lot of good teams, maybe only one elite team in Phoenix. So, uh, yeah, I just want, why can't they? And it's LeBron. Like I, I picked against LeBron too many times in my career to bury him in one week. That's for sure. Well, that's the other thing, right? You know, we all we, we get so excited about first week. We make these grand proclamations, and we're like, they play eighty-two of these yeah. things. Yeah, eighty-two. Like we have seventy-six so, more. We have so <laughs> many more games to go. Like yeah. it's you know, c- check back at twenty twenty-five games and see where everybody's at. You know, yeah. things might look vastly different. Yeah. Well, you said speaking of joy, speaking of a team that needs an interjection of joy and some you know some good things happening their way. Brooklyn Nets. I, I said this to Coach Thorpe uh, <laughs> before we, we aired. If you guys remember, Thursday we made a deal. No more talking about the Lakers and the Nets, two teams that don't give a crap about themselves. Well, I had to break it right away. Because they, they're, they're in the news. They're, they're doing things. Um, you know, the, the, the Kyrie Irving situation, and for those that don't know, uh, a few days ago he posted a tweet um, promoting a movie um, called uh, From Hebrews to Negroes. And it's it centered around the black, uh, the black Israelites, and a lot of the people within that group are um, anti-Semitic, uh, racist, uh, homophobic, all, all sorts of all the things that we don't stand for. <laughs> and, you know, Kyrie posting that, that movie, again, with no kind of context, just, you know, here's the link to it, whatever. And then when he's pushed and questioned about it, feigns ignorance. Like, well, you know, why can't I post anything? Like, you know, this is for my community, blah, 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 whatever. And the Nets, as we know on the floor, Coach, have real basketball problems. They don't need all of this on top of that, right? It's like we're playing bad on the floor, and then post-game, we have to answer questions about this. And I don't care what Kevin Durant says, and anybody says, no, that's just a problem for you guys. No, it's a problem for you, too, because we're going to ask you about it in the postgame. And no matter what you say, that's going to get annoying after a while. And I just feel like, you know, even in a contract year when he's playing good basketball, he can't help himself but keeping himself in the news and just causing drama where there's no need to have any. Oh, there's so much to unpack on this one. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm even going to separate the whole anti-Semitic stuff being Jewish. Um, just imagine, I've never had to imagine this working with people not of their right mind. I've dealt with that a lot, but they've never, they've never been peers. They've never been fellow employees. It, is, it would be disheartening to me to have to go to work, although I've never really had a real job other than a teacher <laughs> early in my 20s. All my jobs have been so different. But um, uh, it would be disheartening, uh, for, certainly for my wife to know. In fact, it is disheartening when she has fellow teachers who espouse not just political views that are so antithetical to hers, but more importantly, when they're just fucking off their rocker, when they just make no sense to what they're doing, that's not a fun work environment. You don't have to be Jewish nor really have any love for any religion to be disheartened when you've got a guy like Kareem's just out of his mind. He just, you know, you made a point, a very good point with me about how we, we can't be diagnosing anyone and you're mm-hmm. totally right. Right. Um, I am not diagnosing Kawhi, uh, uh, Kyrie. Kyrie with mental disorders. I'm, I can be suspicious of them. Other people have told me that they know he has issues, but that's, that's just reporting. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure they've ever written it. They just some stuff they've told me uh, privately uh, going back years, nothing at all close to being recent. I just know what I've seen working in mental hospitals, studying. This, was, this is, again, where my education degree is from in psychology. 
he exhibits the signs of someone that just is not of his right mind. And so I've said to you, we don't get mad at people who get cancer. It's a disease. I can't get mad at addiction. That's a disease. So is this. He displays the signs of someone that has a, a serious problem because he makes no sense with what he's saying. And, and as you will point out, I'm sure, when you start contradicting yourself moments after you say something, mm-hmm. that's a sign of, that you're not of your right mind. Mm-hmm. And so what I think is the Nets should excuse him. I don't care. I'm happy to, you should pay him. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't mind paying him. He didn't choose to have a disease, I would, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs help. And playing only enables him no more so than, you know, imagine working with Chris Farley on a movie or John Belushi, and, and he's showing up at six in the morning or seven in the morning or nine in the morning, drugged out of his mind, which happens at workplaces all over the place. It's not a, not a great thing for your company. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if you removed the, the responsibility of work from them, maybe they would seek some help. He didn't get help last year when he was removed from the team. But maybe he would this year. But he needs some serious help, in my opinion. Not on the court. On the court, he's amazing. <laughs> you know, um, it, so after Saturday's loss, which dropped them to one and five. Um, against he, the Pacers. Against the Pacers, right. Yeah. Who were on the second night of a back-to-back, mind you. Yeah. Um, they, uh, you know, Kyrie was pushed and asked him. I'm sure everybody's seen the clip where he got into a back and forth with ESPN's Nick Friedle. And kudos to Nick for yep. standing his ground and being a professional, you know. When you are someone like Kyrie, you understand the rules of the game. Because of what we do in this society with uber-famous people, uber-talented people, uber-rich people, and uber-celebrities, right? And Kyrie fits into those buckets. When they post or say anything, it has influence because of whom they are. Now, you can argue, and I would agree with you, that's a we problem, right? We in society need to stop deifying these people. And I'm right here with you, right? Just because you're amazing at basketball or you're an amazing actor or whatever doesn't mean we should give you any more import importance over anybody else. But that's the reality that we live in, right? So post-game, this is Kyrie. I'm not here to be divisive so they can push their agenda. I don't want to say they because I'm not identifying any one group or race of people. But I'm in a unique position to have a level of influence on my community. And this is, again, when he was asked about why promoting it is anti-Semitic. And then literally seconds later, you guys come in here and make up this powerful influence that I have and say, you cannot post that. Why not? So in one breath, you literally said you have unique power and influence within your community. And then seconds later, you say, you guys, meaning us, the media say, and I was in that press conference, you promote what kind of level of influence I have. It's like, dude, no, it ain't, you don't, you can't have it both ways. And if you are someone, and he said this phrase before last year with the vaccine, you want to be the voice for the voiceless, right? No, it, it, if you command and say those things, we as a media have the right to push you to ask, well, clarify yourself. What do you mean by that? And he was asked about promoting Alex Jones because he had posted a tweet about Alex Jones several yeah. weeks ago. And he said, well, that post is from the 90s. I don't have, you know, I don't stand with Alex Jones along anything as it relates to Sandy Hook and the trauma that was. The, and, you know, I thought that of the answers he gave that piece. I'm like, OK. That was that made sense. But then in the same breath, but Alex Jones is right about his new world order theory. It's like, what, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? And it's just this constant contradiction. And then when pushed, you know, wh- what influence? Why do I have to justify myself? No, if you're going to have a pulpit and say the things you say, yes, you have to justify when those things are anti-Semitic, racist, 
divisive. All the different things are that you put out there. And when you feign claim that you're giving knowledge and truth, knowledge and truth about what? You know, I always go back to this. When you are someone like Kyrie Irving and you you profess to be intelligent and have this level of knowledge and you read a lot of books or whatever, dude, I could read lots of books too. That doesn't mean I know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> we, we, we go back to the vaccine. For whatever reason, you believe it's some kind of hoax It's an, and, you're, and you're anti-vax. You somehow know better than people who have literally dedicated their lives to science, immunology, epidemiology. How? Because you watched some YouTube videos? How was that possible, right? You wouldn't get on a plane and tell a pilot who's got, I don't know, a million hours of flight time. Well, you know, I watched 10 minutes of how to fly a plane. I think I know what I'm doing, but why don't you step aside? Let me, let me go ahead and take care of this. That's insane. It's that same kind of thing, right? And I just don't, as it relates to the Nets, again, bring it back to basketball. To your point, David, who, who wants to be around this for work? Now, Again, the, t- the teams can the teammates can all say in the locker room this isn't an issue. It's just you know you guys an issue for us. Okay, but that's still an issue for you because as long as he's doing those things, we're going to ask you about it. And I, if it were me, I would hate to have to be asked about my teammate every day for doing stuff. And I'm like, I don't even know what this is about. You also would hate just playing with an idiot. Also, true. Know, he's just he's he's uh, he's not of his right mind. And I you know the one thing I will say growing up. Um, Jewish in the seventies. I was born in the sixties, but uh, you know, in the seventies, there were a whole bunch of Holocaust survivors, <laughs> and there were six million that didn't make it. But but you can imagine how many there were. You know, many of them were in their thirties and forties mm-hmm. at that age. And so, going to Sunday school like I did um, for what, my young life, uh, yeah, you would you have many of them, and they would speak to your class, whatever. And this is what drives the fear of my my parents' generation. Uh, who were born right when it was happening. My, both my mom and dad were born in 40 and 41. So right as World War II was beginning. Um, and uh, the fear is it starts with, this is how Hitler started it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is that trope of, of Jews as some, you know, it'd be like if you're abused, if your mom and dad are both blonde hair, blue eyed, and they abuse you, mm-hmm. it'd be assuming, it'd be like assuming every blonde haired person is an abuser. Mm-hmm. I'm, there are some terrible men and women who happen to have been raised in the Jewish faith. It's not the religion that perverts them. Mm-hmm. Uh, their religion does pervert, but that is not what they're as- assessing here. They're saying it's almost like, uh, because uh, our family, our mom was Jewish, is how you look at it normally, then you're Jewish, we're somehow terrible people. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Hitler did. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, and, and things got out of hand fast. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, this is to your point about the pulpit. Uh, we know what happened to Nancy Pelosi's husband. Mm-hmm. We can only we can only guess, but it seemed like it was politically motivated. Mm-hmm. This stupid as fuck and maybe mentally deranged person broke into a home. It looks apparently the news came out today. He wasn't just going after Nancy. Like mm-hmm. he had another he had a list of people he wanted to go after. Well, that didn't happen out of thin air. You don't just suddenly hate the Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. something inspiring him and motivating him. In 1981, when John Hinckley shot Ronald Reagan. It wasn't because of social media. It, there weren't people calling for that mm-hmm. in, the, in the mainstream or even any stream of media. 
That was a totally deranged person who wanted to get Jody. You may not remember this. He wanted to get Jody Foster's attention, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he had seen the movie yep. Taxi Driver. Yep, very, very different. So, I'm just telling you that we know a year ago, uh, some crazy dude killed a bunch of people in a temple, including old people, like in their 70s and 80s. If there is a crime committed, and the person who committed the crime happens to be a Nets fan and a Kyrie fan. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, because that is going to happen potentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when it happens re- actually, mm-hmm. now Adam Silver's got a whole nother problem. Like, what the fuck are you doing as a league allowing this mm-hmm. deranged person to play for one of your 30 franchises? I promise you, the NBA is thinking about that right now. No doubt. In today's no doubt. climate, and with the fucker that's in charge of Twitter now, where anything goes, mm-hmm. just watch. When they're 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 and in, in buildings in Jacksonville, the big Georgia Florida football mm-hmm. game, which I don't care about anymore, but it's a big fucking deal. I used to always care. Mm-hmm. They put that you know something about terrible Jews on a building, yep. and then they were doing it something else during that day, and it happened the other day. Like this is this takes on a life of its own because of crazy people like Kyrie Irving and uh and there's going to be a consequence and then the NBA's got to deal with it better to deal with it now than later I mean the the NBA statement I mean first of all they spelled anti-semitic wrong when they when they put it out yeah clever clever guys I mean clever people I mean come Come on on, man like I listen and this is not a shot at NBA PR and people that we know there but did nobody read that who approved that thing before it went out like come on it was 10 lines like let's let's do better with that number one (laughs) And then not to mention Kyrie by name. It's like, yeah, no, come like, on. again, to your point, David, like, this is something that bears, that bears watching. And, and, you know, Kyrie right. actually said, um, you know, during, during his, his postgame presser. So I'm not going to stand out on anything that I believe in. I'm only going to continue to get stronger because I'm not alone. I have a whole army around me. The danger of that statement is, I'm not going to stand out on anything I believe in. Yeah, well, the problem is you believe in some pretty out there stuff, my guy. And that's that's the danger, right? And it's people who, because of who you are, yeah, he's right. And believe in that too, to your point, David, which can lead to other problems. And it's, yep. this is something that we that, that bears watching. All right, to the, the basketball. Um, yeah, but before Before any of that even happened, Nash took forever to come out to the to the post game. Normally, five minutes after the game's done, he's out at you know in the in the press in the press conference room talking to us. We're like, someone actually joked in the media room, David. The last time a coach took this long to come out, it was Kenny Atkinson, and we didn't see him again. And we were all like, "You think? I know that <laughs> I didn't. Know it took a long time." And we were like, "You think?" And I was like, oh, "Well, look, clearly something's going on, right?" So, and Nash came out and he said, "You know." This is this is a disaster. There's no no there's no other way around it, and it was they no fight on defense. No, and you know, and this is what I say to you all the time, coach, and you often agree. Sometimes they ain't about schemes on defense or anything like that. It's just trying and giving a damn. And watching them, you're like, you guys don't care. This is this is clearly a team that doesn't care, which means the message isn't getting through. And Nash was actually asked about that. Do you think like your, your message is getting through? He's like, I think it is because guys are arguing about blowing coverages and who missed what. And the team had a conversation in the locker room amongst themselves, players only, after the meeting. You know, I didn't think Nash was long for this year. Now I'm really thinking he may not be long for this year. So to me, the question is less about if he is he going to get fired as opposed to does he want to get fired? Because mm. then he gets paid. <laughs> he doesn't, when, you, when you come out, I didn't know he was late to the press conference, mm-hmm. but... 
when you come out and basically say they're not listening to their coach and they're and they're not excited to play and not inspired by their coach and you're the coach, <laughs> you're basically saying they need a new voice, which they probably do. I watched that game. Indiana kicked their ass. They shot great. Mm-hmm. They uh, they're they're a young, talented team mm-hmm. with a very bright future, but it's three years from now. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn should be able to handle them, mm-hmm. and uh, there's no fight in that team collectively. There's individual efforts. Kyrie's playing hard, mm-hmm. as whacked out of his mind as he is. Um, it's not enough. You you got to do it in a connected, collected way, mm-hmm. and that's on the coach. I I I think they should. I think Steve Nash should be fired tomorrow or today. They play the Pacers tonight. They Interesting. Mm-hmm. Two, two games against Pacers in three nights. Mm-hmm. And then I think he should, no matter what happens tonight, I would get rid of him. Uh, he'll be thrilled. And, uh, and let, let Jacques Vaughn take over. It, who, is, it, who should have got the job in the first place, by the way? Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, so, 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 so he has experience, right? Nash didn't have any, any head coaching experience. Did, did he do a great job in the bubble? They mm-hmm. looked really good before mm-hmm. they broke the team apart. Mm-hmm. I really liked what he was doing. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, 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 the lack of it is, there's effort, but it's not a collective. Yeah. And again, this goes back to leadership, Nash's voice, not getting through. And again, something that it, it's just the connectivity is missing. And this is the Durant part about the leadership. So in his post gamer, he says, you know, the coach can say whatever, but we're, we are the ones on the floor that's got to go out there and do it. Everyone individually has got to take pride and then bring that to the collective. And I'm like, yeah, but Kevin, there's something missing there. What's the galvanizing force to get the collective to do it? In theory, it should be you as the team's best player. That is not your makeup. So, I mean, Kyrie seems to be the person who wants to fill that void, but he's the wrong person to do that. Right? So this is the problem with this team. Avoid it leadership and not the right person with the right temperament to be that voice in that person. And with a head coach with poor experience, with well, no experience, really. I mean, well, he has experience now. Three years of, of disaster, right? But not the right things necessary. I mean, this is, as we said at the beginning of the season, this could go one of two ways. They're going to be really good, or this can go off the rails quickly. I didn't think it'd go off the rails this fast, this early, but here we are. Uh, just one final thought on this, on this stupid fucking franchise. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I think you would agree with me that there's currently three players in the NBA playing that are top 10 all time. Mm-hmm. Tell me the three. LeBron, Steph, Kevin Durant. Okay. So Steph has four rings. Mm-hmm. LeBron has four rings. Mm-hmm. KD's got two mm-hmm. playing with Steph, who had two without him. Mm-hmm. The legacy of Kevin Durant, as we're writing it now, mm-hmm. is a colossal waste of generational talent he is he is not just their best player he isn't just one of the best players of all time he has skills beyond imagination he i should let me rephrase that he has talent beyond imagination in other words we have never even imagined a kevin durant until we got him that's how good he is a seven he is dirk to witnavitsky with way better athleticism and ball skills like that is, and Dirk's the best European probably of all time, maybe definitely until until Jokic and now Doncic, <laughs> uh, um, uh, and maybe not. We'll see. They have ways to go, but probably Jokic would be the one now. Uh, Durant has wasted that because he just doesn't want to do the other stuff that's required. He just wants to hoop, fine, but 
you know, that, that is because that becomes your legacy where you, mm-hmm. you could have been a four, five, six time champion. And, and, and maybe you're lost in the finals a lot like LeBron. I mean, LeBron's been in what? 10, Ten times. Mm-hmm. 10 finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steph said six, mm-hmm. one lost two with golden lost state, two. one, mm-hmm. four. Mm-hmm. I mean, Durant's, you know, two for three, half is half is good. Um, and the two he got, he was with the franchise that won two without him. Mm-hmm. And I used to say, I used to kind of poo-poo that. Kevin can go play where he wants to play. I didn't mind that. But we also get a, a, a chance to evaluate that legacy. And it's, it's, it's going to be, to me, when I look back 10 years from now, and he definitely won't be playing then, it's going to be one of the most disappointing careers uh, as a teammate. I mean, I'm sorry, as part of a team, because I think he's a good teammate. I think he's a great teammate. He's a good guy, but he just doesn't want to be fussed with on the other shit. And that's to his, that's to his detriment. Yeah. And and this is, this is the Brooklyn part we're speaking about specifically because you know, the first year Achilles out the last two years, you're still playing it before you got hurt last year, you were top five MVP consideration. So you're still playing at all NBA MVP candidate level and to essentially waste those two seasons because that's what happened. They're wasted. That's just, that's rough. That's the part that's rough because, again, as, as I said last week, I have no idea if the Warriors are going to win a title this year with the whole Draymond thing, what went down, everything else. But because of the guy, and with Kerr and Myers, of course, but with the guy on the court that wears number 30 and his leadership and willingness to take on those other things, he gives them a chance, right? Because he's pouring into them, right? The spirit, right? Into them that they need. Whatever anybody needs, he's giving it to them. That's the piece about being a leader. And look, not everybody can be one. We understand that. But Durant not doing that is wasting this end of his career. Uh, Yesterday, my wife and I were talking about um, uh, a line I heard uh, one of my favorite writers. He's he's dead now. He talked about how he wasn't a good dad. Uh, He was indifferent, he said. But as my kids have aged, uh, I've learned to engage more. And he said, women are amazing in that. They don't have a choice. As soon as the baby's born, they're they're on the job. And he said, "Dad's in this in his in this writer's mind, Christopher Hitchens. He thinks it comes in time." And so I said to Chrissy, "I, I feel like I was not indifferent, probably because of coaching. I'd be more experienced working with kids." And she said to me, "She said I can't tell you how many times when the kids were young, we'd be somewhere, and I wouldn't know what to do with how whatever our kids were doing, whatever. And you always stepped up, and you knew what to do. And I told her, "No, I didn't." I just did the best I could. I didn't know for sure what would work, what wouldn't work, but, but I wasn't going to do nothing. And uh, that's where Durant's biggest failure is. I, you watch him. I, I watched him the other night, Saturday night on TV. And um, he, he, he looks like he has, his expression mostly is, man, you believe I got to deal with this shit as good as I am? <laughs> and I wanted to scream at him. Yeah, Kevin, that, everyone deals with this. You just choose to do nothing about it. This is your choice. We've written about this. We've talked about this. The spirit he can deliver to Ben Simmons, who needs it, who's slowly, slowly <laughs> coming around a little bit on both ends. It's a long way from peak Ben Simmons, that's for sure. But um, what are you doing about it, Kevin? What are you doing about rapping, uh, metaphorically, Kyrie between his eyes? Like, mm-hmm. hey, mm-hmm. can we play basketball here? Quit fucking around. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what he needs to do. And if it doesn't work privately, do it publicly. Mm-hmm. Like, I have talked to him privately about, if you want to s- think stupid shit, keep it to yourself. 
That's what Trump has made famous. He, he has given permission for idiots to show their idiocy and racists to show their racists and bigotry. But it's better off go back in that cave with that shit. Fucking play basketball. Quit being in the, in the news for anything else but basketball. Let's try to win some goddamn games or get the fuck out of town. That's what we need to hear from Kevin Durant when he's got a, an idiot like Kyrie Irving saying the shit he's saying. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Coach Thorpe has delivered the final word, folks. <laughs> all right. It seems like we're, we're starting out the show with all negative news. We'll get to good stuff later. Uh, yeah. Josh Primo was cut by the Spurs. Now, I, when this happened, I remember being like, wait a minute. A lottery pick from last year. He was picked 12th. All of a sudden cut. That, and this is before the news came out of what he did. Once I heard that, I was like, this is odd. Like, no Teams don't cut <laughs> players like that a lottery pick a year for no reason. Then of course it came out that uh, he had been exposing himself to multiple women. Um, and you know, look, he's 19. He's young. As coach always says, you're allowed to, you know, grow up and, you know, and, and change. Clearly there's some things in his life that he needs to change and work on. Look, there's no, just cause you're a 12 pick or a lot or whatever. There's no guarantee you're staying in this league. Okay. There's just none. You got to work to earn your spot and you got to work to keep it. And right now, this young man, you know, he, he's got some work to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I know a lot about this because I'm really close mm -hmm. with some people who are very close to him. Uh, I don't, I don't, I shouldn't say I know a lot. I know more than probably the average person, but I, I definitely don't know a lot. I respect his people for keeping it private other than to say, clearly he's got some problems and he's admitted as much to me. Um, I'm to me, he's admitted as much publicly. He, nothing. I've never met the guy. Um, I think that uh, the Spurs just extended him, just picked up his third-year option. He clearly has a ton of talent. I promise you, there's a whole bunch of owners that don't care. They've probably done worse. Well, they, uh, probably. We, I'm they sure they have, yeah. <laughs> He'll have no problem getting a job now. It might be minimum. The tragedy of this is any 19-year-old any kid who's got a $100, 200000000 million future and potentially blows it all up is just so sad. I mean, this, this, this was... He was going to, he probably earned generational wealth. Mm -hmm. And I love seeing that. And that's all at risk right now. So just like I think the Nets should excuse Kyrie, uh, again, pay him and mm -hmm. excuse him. Mm -hmm. I think the Spurs did the right thing. He, this guy needs a lot of help. He should not be thinking about basketball right now. Uh, he needs serious psychological help. And he's young enough where hopefully he'll get it and turn himself around, I promise you. I guarantee you teams are calling already. Uh, his representation. Hey, can we, you know, when do you think we can sign him? Mm. He won't have a problem getting a job. Let's just hope he's not in a rush and gets healed first. And, and this is, you know, for everybody out there, this is how the world works, right? In organ in industries where your talent pool is limited, like the NBA, only so many people in the world have the requisite skill set to play in that league, right? It's a very small pool of people. Because of that, when there are people who are very good, they're giving long, they're giving longer ropes, right? In many cases, to hang their own selves, right? For for poor behavior, but they're given more and more latitude. The number one sales guy at company X has more rope than the five, number five thousand sales guy. That's just the way of the world. We'd like it to be different, but yeah, it is what it is, right? And so to coach's point, yeah, I'm sure there are teams calling right now. Hey, when can we talk to this dude? And, and, you know, I, the, what I would say is with just with only a bachelor's degree in psychology, I, all I really feel like I'm qualified to say is I understand with probably better, um, a more depth of knowledge than most how, how fragile our minds are. 
And a, a, a cute one-minute anecdote is I worked in a mental hospital in 1985, uh, one of two jobs I had that summer. And um, But it was a full-time job. And um, we had a lovely older man named Tony, who's I'm sure long since dead. He was probably 70-something then. And um, I didn't understand why Tony was in this hospital because he seemed delightful and funny and fun to talk to. And he was kind of like my guy. And I was doing a 4 p.m. the midnight shift. And I checked him in and I said, I'll see you at six o'clock for dinner. And I get, I get like an intercom thing, like, you know, Mr. Thorpe, we need you on in the hall. Well, Tony was going to dinner without any clothes on at all. I'm like, Tony, what are you doing? I take him by his arm. I mean, he's butt ass naked. And I bring him back to his private room. And he kept saying, I have no clothes. I don't have any clothes. And I opened up his wardrobe. We had a wardrobe. It wasn't a closet. It was a wardrobe, like a, 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 um, a piece of furniture. Mm-hmm. And I showed him all of his clothes that his family had brought in. They said, oh, okay, I, I understand. And I just thought, well, that's just so weird. Well, you know, I don't know if it was that night or the next night. There's Tony, Mr. Thorpe, Tony. Mr. Th- I'm like, Tony, what are you doing? I got no clothes, sir. I have no clothes. I'm like, Tony, I, we went through this yesterday. The mind is, uh, I've had, I mean... I've had people I know really well tell me they thought they were Queen Elizabeth. I mean, I've seen, I've seen some shit now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this young man has just, he needs some help and I hope he gets it. Uh, I'm sure it's curable. It's just going to take some time and basketball should be his last priority right now. Absolutely. Um, it was reported on Friday that, that as everybody knows, the NBA CBA is set to expire at the end of the 2023, 24 season, which is next, next season. Uh, both sides, can opt out of the deal um, as of December 15th of this year. So the NBA and the MBPA are working together to, you know, hammer out a new, a new collective bargaining agreement. And that basically, for those that don't know, but I think all of you know, that's the split of all the basketball related, related income that comes in from the TV deals. That's the drug testing policy. That's all the different things that create the working relationship between the players and the owners, right? The thing that, that, that happens behind the scenes that you don't think about until it comes into your face. Well, one of the things the NBA is trying to impose or trying to ask for with their new new agreement is an upper spending spending limit uh, on team salaries. So instead of here's the, the cap, you can go over as luxury tax, do away with the luxury taxes and you cannot spend more than, let's say it's 250 million, whatever the number is. It's just a hard cap. That's it. No going over. Um, just so people know, the NBA tries to get this in every collective bargaining agreement. It likely won't happen just because, no, like this idea of saving owners from themselves. As you know, here at True we are (laughs) anti-billionaire for the most part. Um, I ain't worried about these people. You all are capitalists in your everyday lives, and now you want socialism in your sports? Nah, roll with it. Like, do better at your job, right? Don't do your due diligence. Be Hire better coaches. Be better at Coach Thorpe's specialty, which is player development right? Do all the smart things and you'll be fine. Do stupid shit and you won't be like, that's really all I have to say about that. Would you, would you like to see one change though, which would be the warrior situation where they're, they just, they do a great job developing clearly their players and now they're paying a price for it. I'd love to see that change. Yes. If you are paying your own guys. Yes. yes. I'd love to see no penalty for that. Yes. There's some kind of thing we can work where if you are if you're developing and retaining your own guys, of course you can pay them more than anybody else. We know that, but also there's some kind of way when it against your cap, it counts differently. Right. And smart people can figure out how to do that with the numbers and the math, figure out how to make it work. But yes, do not penalize a team for drafting well, developing well, and wanting to keep that player. No, that's not their fault. Like is what it is. 
Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't think there'll be a lockout, but who knows? I mean, you know, we, we've had, God, we've had so many three lockouts in recent memory. Last one was what, 2011, 12, somewhere around there. I think. Yeah, that, that was the last one. But hopefully we don't have one now because the league is so good. We got so much good talent. Oh, my God. It's like, crazy. Everyone just be smart and just do the right thing. Yeah. All right. Let's get to some on the floor stuff. Coach, I'm loving what I'm seeing from the Cleveland Cavaliers. And they don't have Darius Garland. He's still hurt um, with that eye injury. From Which, game one. From, yeah, from game one. Against Toronto. Yeah. Mitchell's playing well. Uh, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Karis Kevin Levert, Love, Kevin Love, yeah, twenty nine, twenty nine yesterday. Karis Levert at forty on Friday night against Boston. Like, I mean, I, I just, you know, we think they're probably a year away from being or two from being true, true contenders. But I don't know. I, I, I like. It. I, I'm yeah. I think they're right there just because there's no, there's no super team. Um, you're gonna laugh when I where I go in this. But <laughs> when you say Donovan Mitchell, you know what I'm thinking. <laughs> like Utah, what are you doing? And, you, and you're doing fine now. You're not even tanking good, right? Like this dude is so special a scorer. He is. And uh, yeah, Cleveland. I'm so happy. I'm so happy for their coach. Uh, and uh, I don't care about the owner so much, but um, people at Cleveland have had pretty pretty spoiled with what they have with LeBron. But they've also had some very hard times in between. Last year was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I think Mobley's going to get so much better still. Yeah. Yeah. Jared Allen's really good. Oh, I think. man. He didn't play great yesterday, but he's very good. Still managed to uh, grab 13 um, rebounds. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. That, that's, that's what you want to do when you're not productive other places is find a way to be productive where you can. Uh, Kevin Love getting 29 is, mm-hmm. I and mean, this guy has been around a long time. You know, he, he played, he was a freshman, I want to say. I could be wrong. But I think he was a freshman when they lost to the Gators with like Corey Brewer and Joakim Noah and Al Horford. Horford's still playing too. Was he part of that team? Because Love, I, I, so Love was a freshman with Westbrook. Love Westbrook. Yeah. I was like oh four oh five oh three oh maybe oh five oh six. Okay, something like no, that. No, they won. They won in 07 and 08, I think. Okay, so I have okay. to look and see. But he's been around yeah. a long fucking time. He, he was is. big fat boy now, not at all. <laughs> and I'm so happy. I mean, he, he went through some tough times too, mm-hmm. and uh, seems to brace his role. Um, the East, I mean, both the conferences, they might have one breakout team mm-hmm. on each side with Phoenix and Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot. We have a long way to go. Long Aiden's to go. out right now with Phoenix. We'll see. Mm-hmm. They're still winning, but, um, I mean, every team we're going to get to it later too. Every team can beat any team. Yeah. And Cleveland's got the goods to be able to beat your four and seven yeah. because Donovan's such a prolific offensive player and the postseason, he kills it. And wait till they get Garland back. Yeah. <laughs> Garland's out, and you know I, I just and, and Donovan's talking about commitment to that end of the that the defensive side of the floor, which he, he needs to be held accountable there. So he's talking the right language on that end. Like, you know, I've mentioned Jared Allen. He did not have a great game, but he had 13 rebounds. Hey Brooklyn, you think you'd do well if you had Jared Allen as yeah. your as, as your center right now? Just the thought. You know, you traded him to get a guy who's no longer on this team. Just you know, just just putting that out there. <laughs> had I had I had to throw a little more salt in the wound. Um, Clippers, they have lost four in a row, coach. It's early, so I'm not quite as concerned about that. But what I am concerned about is Kawhi Leonard has missed his fourth straight game. And that doesn't sound like injury management to me. Uh, it sounds like this. I mean, we think, and we don't know because they haven't said it, that the, the, the injury he has is a chronic thing. And, you know, again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not diagnosing, but 
if it's this chronic, I mean, this is like his career we're talking about potential, like ever being able to play at that level, you know, consistently for more than five games again. Yeah, they they're an interesting team. I watched them yesterday against New Orleans to get their ass kicked at home mm-hmm. against the Pelicans, um, who didn't have Brandon Ingram or Herb Jones. Pretty impressive. Pelicans and Zion's so nowhere. Zion's not where he's going to be one day, I think, which I'm writing about right now. I was up at 4.20 this morning writing about mm-hmm. what I saw with Zion yesterday. Um, the, the Clippers, you know, they love the mid-range game. They, they don't get to the rim a lot. But the king of the mid-range game isn't playing in, Ky- in Kawhi. So that, that's a problem. They also have so much depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Ty Lue is kind of struggling with the best way to, to utilize all of his guys. And again, he's missing their best player. They, I think they can be very good without Kawhi, but not a, a threat to win the West if one of these other teams really steps forward, like we're seeing with Phoenix and maybe with New Orleans, but um, it's not happening now. But I, I heard the Clippers announced even saying yesterday, give us a couple months. Okay. Like I know they're, they're, they're quoting the coaches on that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where um, by, by the turn of the year, like we'll have it figured out. And Ty Lue's super pragmatic. He loves to change lineups and tinker with stuff. They, they're, they're, I think they're going to be fine, but um, uh, it's going to be hard to make up ground uh, to get a top four seed anyway, because it's just be hard to string together wins. There's just yep. no, no easy, easy games. In, yeah, there's just no easy wins. We'll talk about that too. So yeah, I, but I didn't realize Kawhi missed four straight. Yeah, that's clearly not load management. Yeah, it's one thing if you're skipping them on back to backs. I get all that. Yeah. Sure, no problem. Right. But no, four, four in a row. I was yeah. like, so keep your if you're a Clippers fan, you're an NBA fan. You know, pay attention to what's going on with Kawhi and and and, and his ability to play because, as David said, if he is not playing consistently they're not a contender they'll be they can still be very good but in terms of winning it they they need Kawhi like like how he was at at Toronto um you know we mentioned breakout teams so Phoenix still uh, is as of right now the best team in the Western Conference record wise in the Eastern Conference Milwaukee hasn't lost the game yet ho-hum Chris Middleton hasn't played yet uh Pat Connaughton's still out you know but Brooke Lopez is back uh Drew looks very good Drew looks great but you know the metronome Giannis might be playing the best ball of his career in this five-game stretch. I don't know if you saw this. They they said to him, Giannis, these five games has been your highest five-game scoring output. He's like, really? And he's like, I'm balling. <laughs> I, I love that. I didn't see that. That's so great. He is, by the uh, way. And, and that dude is a joke. He's a he, joke. I mean, I mean he, he dunks things that you just don't ever see anyone do with his length. So getting to the spot where he needs to get is great. But he's still eight feet from the rim. That's a dunk for him. <laughs> for no one else, he's just so long. And what I'm noticing from him, Coach, he still has the motor and is yeah. going hard 24-7. But I think, look, it, it, it takes a while to master the game. I think he's getting pretty close to mastery in that he knows, eh, I'm good right now. Let me do all this other stuff first. And then for this six-minute stretch in the fourth quarter or third quarter, I'm going to be unguardable and score 20 straight points. And he does it. He's starting to do that thing. He did when, that, yeah. And when you do that, that's it now. Now it's you're, you're cooking with grease, as they say. <laughs> yeah, that's that's magic and bird and Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be a prime. You can't be a center. Yes. You have to be a primary ball handler or at least have the ball in your hands a lot and a passer like Jokic. Um, he's, yeah, he's, I think your point is amazing. Um I've, Jordan's even talked about it. He might have talked about the last dance where you start realizing, oh, I can, I can really control this game in many ways on both ends. Mm-hmm. And Giannis, when they won a championship, 
He did it with with sheer ferocity at the rim, mm-hmm. and he's doing a lot of that now. Same, which is fine. Recognizing he can do it is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, but I love the way Drew's playing. To me, it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lopez looks great. Mm-hmm. Middleton, you're gonna have to give him some time to mm-hmm. recover. That'll take months, two months or so. Um, and uh, but Drew, Drew's defense, mm-hmm. his his score, he scored thirty something the yep. other day. Yep. He's such a humble guy. Um, they're quietly, you know, Phoenix is doing it loudly because mm-hmm. of all the drama they had. Right. Milwaukee, you're kind of ignoring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, um, I, I mean, I picked them in my in our preseason to win the championship. And so. let's keep in mind, Milwaukee and Phoenix, that was the NBA Finals matchup two years ago. That's so right. right? And so there's no reason That's to right. think Milwaukee cannot get back there again. And as, as we mentioned a million times, they took the eventual Eastern Conference champs to seven games, right, without Chris Middleton. So, right. you know. Right. I, I, oh, I think I, they would have won it last year. Yeah. I, be, I think they'd have beat Golden State personally. I really do. Yeah. If they if they had Chris healthy, but they didn't, and that's part of the game. Mm-hmm. But they're they're only going to get better when they get Pat and Chris back, and they're undefeated yep. now for sure. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. The NBA app is now going to stream all yeah. of Victor Wembanyama's games. Well, I find it so funny. On the one hand, Adam's like worried about tanking and all the. But on the other hand, NBA, we're going to keep pushing his Victor Wembanyama kid because he's going to be great. Uh, I, I find that dichotomy hilarious. But I also wonder, you know, he's 18 and expectations get put on young, great people all the time. I just want us all to slow down a little bit and let's not expect too much of this young man too early, right? Let's allow him the chance to grow into whatever version, you know, which could be one of the great all-time players. That could happen. Well, let's not lose our minds and put all this on him too early and give him a chance. So, uh, of course, you're right. But I will – I don't typically argue with you about anything. But <laughs> I'm telling you – and I was skeptical. I'm not the biggest Chet Holmgren fan. And that's who people thought he was like, oh, this dude. <laughs> oh, I know. You're, you're high on him. <laughs> I mean, I, I said during his freshman year, I said Zion's – I told Henry he's going to average 20-plus a game his first year. Like, there's no one like him. And he did. Yeah, he's a monster. LeBron was an easy no-brainer. He was going to do this right out of high school. This dude's going to kill it. Yeah. Uh, because well, to your point about being one of the best ever, he brings that defensive presence immediately. He, he blocked the shot the other day, a three-pointer. He was 20 <laughs> feet away from the guy. So, unbelievable. Uh, he's, he's got every, he just His shooting is so good. So good. Um, yeah, he may not shoot as good in the NBA, obviously, but it's, they're all uncontested shots, like KD's. Uh, yeah, just nothing gets in his way. Bring up the point you said again about that for those who may not remember your point on what you think Victor should be offensively and who he shouldn't try to be like. Yeah, I think early on, especially, he should be uh, more Duncan Robinson type, Steph Curry than Kevin Durant. Like, I don't be so enamored with the ball handling that you forget that that you can score twenty plus points a lot of different ways when you're seven four and shoot like he does. So Rudy Gobert on defense, which eight foot wingspan. I think will be the longest in the league. Seven four, amazing long distance shooting. Mm-hmm. Really understands how to play. Should be great in pick and roll and pick and pop, which we don't have a lot of those guys that do both. Uh, like Cat doesn't love to, to roll; he loves mm-hmm. to pop. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy can do all those kinds of things. Very competitive guy. But I, I'll make a prediction. One prediction. <laughs> you ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm not gonna watch a single game of his on the NBA app all season. Not <laughs> fucking one. <laughs> When he gets to the NBA, I'll be happy to watch him. In the spring, I will evaluate him on, on Synergy probably. Right. But there's 
too many teams to watch this year. No, no, no Metropolitan 92's game in, in the French no. league for, for Coach Thorpe. <laughs> no, I got no time. We got, I got to focus on the guys actually in the league. So I'm glad the other people can watch it. Whatever excites the, our future fans, yes. great. Yeah. I just won't be one of them. And, and I think, you know, the adage has always been it's hard for the average fan to relate to a big man, right? Just because they're so I'm, – I'm hoping Victor can maybe be someone that helps bridge that gap, right? Because he seems like a fun-loving kid, right? Certainly like, well-spoken, mm-hmm. erudite, like humble. I was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. blown away with him when he interviewed. I told it to Henry, blown away uh, on the court and off. Yeah, yeah. he's – yeah, his agent's going to make a bunch of money with this guy. So hopefully he can be that guy. You know, we started that show talking about – um the Lakers, then we talked about Kyrie and Brooklyn. So the team that the Brooklyn lost to and they're playing against tonight, the Indiana Pacers, I, I well, everyone knows on this podcast, we are high on Benedict Matherin. Coach, he looks so good in person. Ooh. I was like, oh, What did he score, 37? I watched the game. Was it 37? Yeah, I was like 28, something like that. I was like, just, I'm like, he's not missing from three. What's happening? He's so good. Yeah, well, that, that helped a lot. He couldn't <laughs> miss. And here's the thing. He's far from his potential offensively. Yeah. He's very good offensively now. Really quick off the bounce. Um, very crafty too, powerful. Like he's got all the things you need to be an elite, elite 25 a game score in this league. Like he could lead the league in scoring for sure one day. Big question marks about defense. He's a bad defender on a team that's really not defending very well. Now, understandably so. Most of the good players are 25 and younger. Miles Turner has played in a couple games only. Mm-hmm. Didn't play in the Brooklyn game. Not. And and they won. I love, I love uh, the kid from Kentucky, uh, Isaiah Jackson. He's mm-hmm. a talented athlete. Um, I think that uh, Tyrese has proved to be a shot maker, yes. which is not what he was in college. Excellent. I give him maker. great credit. Great credit for Tyrese for that. Uh, Duarte is still kind of struggling. A lottery pick last year. He's 25 years old already. Um, but they're going to have another lottery pick for sure. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to be um, – they're an interesting team. And Rick Carlisle is a very good coach. Rick's a very good coach. Uh, I In 2026 – 2025, 26, like they have a chance to be very, very good. Let's say they get lucky and they somehow get, get Victor. Victor. Yeah. And you got Woo. that backcourt with Halliburton and you put Matherin back there. Matherin, by the way, not starting. He comes off the bench right now. Um, that's a Yeah, that, that, that'll change. Aaron Nesmith starts. He shouldn't be starting. Hey, he's yeah. doing okay. But he ain't, he ain't no Benedict Matherin, although it helps Matherin to come off mm-hmm, the bench. For sure. Uh, just can score a little more. Uh, they also have Andrew Nemhard, who yeah. I know you met. Yes, I do. Who, who now I think I could be wrong. He was leading the NBA with 12 assists to one turnover, like unheard <laughs> of for a rookie. Well, he's had one more turnover, so I think he's at 14 and two or something like that. Um, I think he's going to be a starter one day somewhere. I don't know if it'll, they have Tyrese, so it's mm-hmm. tough. But for now, uh, they'll probably trade TJ. Betty Hill, Buddy Hill played really well in yeah, the Brooklyn game. Yep. Uh, they need to trade him right away for before sure. he's out of the bad game. Yep. Yeah, they, they've got a nice future. They have a yeah. nice future, if not a really elite future. Yeah, if they get Victor, their fortunes go through that the get, roof. That, that could accelerate them, too, if they get Victor, right? They already have, I mean, they have their, their starting one. And at the worst, Nemhard's your Tyus Jones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's exactly who I thought he was coming into the draft. He's just a good decision maker. And you got Mather in the elite mm-hmm. score. Mm-hmm. You, if, and and they, can, they can play Miles. They should extend Miles Turner. They shouldn't trade him. Don't trade mm-hmm. him to L.A. Extend him. He got till June to extend him because he can play with Victor for sure. Yeah, he's used to playing with another big with Sabonis. So yeah, and watch out for Indiana. We're liking what we're seeing there. Yeah. Um. So the Pelicans, man. So everyone knows Pelicans was Brooklyn's first game of the season. Um. I talked to Coach Thorpe's sons, Corey Brewer and Ryan Benone. They were high on the Pelicans. Boy, like 
runs like you know, you know, know our practices, man. There were, and you can just see it. This they had no Zion, no Herb, and no Ingram for a couple games in a row, and I'm like Murphy and all these dudes. They just got dudes. Well, here's the thing: when you're picking a Lowry for a million years, you're gonna you're gonna have dudes, right? They just got well, dudes. Yeah, they did, did trade with LA. They've mm-hmm. got, um, of course, getting Zion makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I I'm writing about him right now. Uh, did a, I'm doing a lot on Zion. Um, yeah, their future looks really, really bright. They they clearly like playing for Willie Green. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Clearly like playing for him. And I think Willie is improving as a coach. Uh, they I watched them yesterday specifically to see how they use Zion um, and, and just the different kind of tactics they're using. Uh, and it's impressive. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're trying to run some stuff, man. And they got CJ, who's doing a better job yes. running the one yep. than he used to. He's, he's not a great decision maker, but he's been better, keeping it simple. He can really score. That helps. Uh, Murphy is playing hard. Yeah. When, and when, when Herb Jones gets back, he, there, there's your Giannis defender. Mm-hmm. There's your Kawhi defender mm-hmm. or your LeBron defender mm-hmm. um, or your MPJ defender mm-hmm. for out West. Uh, Wiggins, mm-hmm. like like Herb can guard all those guys yes, and Herb. maybe even Curry. Herb's I think so he can guard Curry so better good. than most. Yeah. So they, and they got Jose Alvarado coming off the bench who's playing hard and smart. Um, Najee Marshall played really well yeah. yesterday, jumping in lanes, pick sixes. Even Graham's playing well. Oh, yeah. His role is more limited, but he had a couple of big threes yesterday, and then he banked in a three. Uh, they play L.A. on Tuesday. Now, if the Lakers beat them Tuesday, that's a good win for L.A. Um, it should be a great game. Yeah, it should be a great game. I, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, I'm sure you noticed too, as much as it's about experience, and we talk about Chris Paul and LeBron and Steph and Katie and all the vets, this is a young man's league. And I feel like you're seeing that because these young teams, while they, as Coach Olfen says, like puppy dogs run around with their heads cut off, they don't know what they're doing, but they got legs and they can run and they can race. And when you're old and you can't race, they just beat you on effort alone sometimes if, you're, if, you, if you can't race with them. And, you know, I, I said this before the Indiana game when I was in the media room talking to some guys, I was like, look, Indiana doesn't know what they're doing half the time, but if they race, I know Brooklyn won't. And they'll beat them just straight off of that, off hustle and effort because they're young. And when young teams are just those young, springy 19-year-old legs are hopping up and down and they're getting up and down the court and you're 30-something, it's like, well, <laughs> if you don't want to race, we're going to beat you, Pops, because we got, we got young legs. We're, we're really seeing these young teams competing hard. Again, making tons of mistakes, but as Coach Thorpe says, that's how you learn. You got to m- learn through your mistakes. But, yeah. they're, but they're competing hard, man. And if every team is doing that now, you know, because we talked about it at the beginning of the show, where are your easy wins coming from? It used to be, all right, Detroit, Orlando, and we'll run through that four-game stretch, 4-0. Now, I don't know. The worst team in the league, I'm going to say, is Houston. Yeah, you got it. You got, but even Houston's young, and if they're run up. This is the point. They're very <laughs> athletic. They're, very, they're one of the most dynamic teams. They just don't play smart enough yet. Um, but they're not, they're not – you don't just pencil in a win. Um, and they're just, they should get nothing but better with their, all their young talent. Uh, OKC is, uh, they, they run great games. stuff. They run great stuff. They've got Shea. Uh, they beat uh, Dallas last night. Right. <laughs> Detroit. Yeah. The, the Dallas was up 14 with four to play or 16 with four to play one or the other. And I think there had been like almost 10,000 games 
where a team was up 14 or 16. Uh, uh, it was a guaranteed win. Only one team ever had lost till last night. Now it's two. And so OKC has that going for him. Detroit stiffening up a little bit. Cade's playing better. Triple, almost triple double again last night. Orlando's loaded with young talent. Yeah. Uh, this is. Yeah, Paolo's. Yeah, leads the league in free throws, I think. Free throws attempted. As a rookie, it's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, he's a monster. Yeah, he's a very talented player. There's just wins are tough. So that's what I'm saying. You're you're down five. If you're if you're you know in February, you're five games out of fifth place. Where are you going to get a seven eight game win streak or hope that another team loses five straight? That's what you have to hope for. Is that it? But you have to. But bad teams have long lose streaks. Mm -hmm. All these teams are good. They're not going to play badly often. So yeah. uh, it's interesting. It's almost ironic because um, you think all these teams want to lose to get Victor, and yet mm-hmm. the Spurs have a winning record. Mm-hmm. Detroit just won two in a row. Uh, you know, it's just Houston's trying to win. It's interesting. You, you, you got to hope that by that time, so we're talking January, Utah's done with their experiment yeah. and, Utah's they're, what, right, 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 and, and right. they're down at the bottom again, Houston, because their youngest playing bad Orlando. Yeah. That's what you got to hope for by then. But if those guys are bought into competing and you know, it's, it's interesting, right? Like I talked about this at the top of the show. You said about how LeBron and all the guys in the Lakers, they had such joy after the first win for Darvin Ham. No matter how bad these guys mess up LeBron being a shadow GM, KD not wanting to leave being a bad shadow GM. They're competitors. KD said after the game, I mean, we love playing basketball. We love to compete. How do you think we feel in the locker room right now? It's not a great conversation. They want to win. They're com- yeah. You don't make it to this league if you are not a competitor. So they want it. So if these guys, no matter how badly constructed their team is, are competing hard, they're going to win games. Now, of course, GMs can do different things like, oh, you got a stub toe? Yeah, you're going to be out for about three weeks. <laughs> they can start doing things like that to really make sure they lose. But if these guys compete, man, it's it's going to be tough. Yeah, it'll be a fun. It's going to be a fun next few months when all these teams are still trying as hard as possible and playing their players the right amount. And then, like you said, we'll see what happens if they go on a five game losing streak. They kind of mm-hmm. call it a day. Mm-hmm. But these players want to play too, especially ones that don't have a contract yet. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just on their minute, their first year, their first deal. So yeah, this is. I've enjoyed watching games more this year than I can ever remember. Every yeah. it just they're not always competitive, but they're competitive for long stretches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the quality of play is solid. Sometimes not so great, but mostly it's solid, if not very good, considering it's still October for one more day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, uh, we're gonna have a bunch of special episodes coming out over the next few weeks. Um, we also did our True Hoops Tactics uh, project, which we'll have that. We'll have that come back in a couple weeks again where we actually speak about on-the-court stuff. We got some interesting things coming up. There's some teams we're liking that we're looking at. We want to hear Coach Thorpe's break him down, get into his big basketball brain, and we'll have some fun, fun guests for all of you. So stay tuned, and until next time, take care. <laughs>